The following episode of An Evening at the Movies is brought to you by the I Did Not Make These Rankings Podcast Network, Masturbators, The Sip List, An Evening at the Movies, Crushgasm, and Love is Black. I'll bring you this following episode. Thank you very much, and have a nice day. And welcome back to everybody's favorite movie-based podcast. This is An Evening at the Movies. I am your amazing host, Casey. And this is the podcast where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and discuss all of our favorite movies and why we love them. And joining me tonight for his second appearance on the show. Wait. Yes. First. Second appearance. Well, first well, if you count the if you count well, the uh, bracket episodes, then yes. But this is the actual first. This is this is the uh, debut of me on your traditional show. Episode. Show, yeah. Yes. So we'll go. We'll go with that. Making his debut on the traditional an evening at the movies, we have Mr. Freddie Fisher, and I will let Freddie introduce himself and where he can be found and what he's all about. So, Freddie, the floor is yours, sir. Uh, as he said, I am Freddie Fisher. I'm from the show Bracket Bastards, uh, where we take a bracket of 32, 64, 128 or more, and banter our way down to a winner. Uh, it is a simple show we where everybody gets a vote. We normally have a panel of seven people. This upcoming bracket we are doing, uh, well, actually, in the next two weeks. So, hopefully, well, about what, what time does, is this coming out? Do you know? This one uh, ended January, so yeah, we're somewhere okay. in that window. So, uh, upon recording, we we have a uh, bracketology one and one and two coming out, but uh, when this is released, it'll probably be sometime around um, the uh, yeah. Royal Rumble season. So the uh, women's women's wrestling bracket will be going on and that should be a fun one because the majority of us are wrestling fans and I can tell you right now it's going to get heated, but you can find us on Spotify, uh, Google pods, all that stuff. Good pods as well, which I'm trying to get a little bit more into as well. Trying to get some, get my, well, my show, our show, uh, all the way up there up, up top because it's, it is a damn good show. If I'm could say yeah. myself. Well, I've been on the show a handful of times and mm-hmm. I enjoy being on the show and I look forward to many more, Appearances on the show. And yes, I do actually highly recommend Good Pods. I wasn't a part of Good Pods until um, 
Dre recommended it when we launched the I did not make these rankings or yeah, I did not make these rankings podcast network. That way we can all keep track of how we're doing listenership wise and see where we fall in their top 100 weekly, monthly, yearly rankings and all of that. Most of us were not necessarily here to, you know, break the world and become the next Joe Rogan podcast. But, you know, it's always fun to see your show go up and, well, not necessarily down, but definitely up in the rankings each and every week. And I know Dre right now, as of this week, well, this week being the beginning of January is number 11 right now on the top 100 TV and film podcasts. So, see, we don't even rank, and I, I don't, I don't know why, but <laughs> I, it took a while for Dre and Amanda to explain everything that I had to do to actually get, and then literally, like, yeah, days and that's... of me. We all figured out. Bam! I was number one hundred on team or on TV and film, and now we're generally hovering towards the middle of the pack. Which I would like to see the number get a little bit higher. But, but you know, considering you know, out of the top one hundred indie TV and film podcasts, if we're in the middle of the pack, I'm happy with that. Well, yeah, and considering the fact that like there are millions of podcasts out there, millions. So if you want to be in the top 100 of even the ones that are just on Good Pods, which is a, granted a small sample, that's still that's still pretty good. Like you're getting your name out there and everything else. So yeah, no, and that's right. the way I figure it is like you said, there's millions of podcasts out there anybody who has a computer and recording capabilities can create a podcast and a lot of people have especially in the last few years since covid and all that yeah but i mean even if good pods only deals with a small sample of those millions they still probably deal with thousands and thousands of podcasts every week and to be even anywhere in the top 100 is a hell of an honor. Yep. So pretty much I mean, for me, po- that for me the rank, show, so. the, the show that we do is more therapy for me. It's not, a, it's not a therapy show. It's not something that you tune in to feel good, but it's a, it's a show that you turn it, tune in to laugh at or laugh along with, I guess not laugh at. It's a different thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and some things you agree with and some things you, you don't. And we may, we may tick you off. You may agree with us and you may be, be happy and mad all within the same 30 minutes. So it's a roller coaster of emotions with our, our show. Or three and a half but, hours. Well, I mean, just within like a half hour period, you're going to experience some ups and downs. I was just making fun of the fact that like the pet peeves episode ran for what seven and a oh, half. Oh yeah, no, our our pet peeves, our normal episodes when it's edited down is anywhere between an hour and a half to two and a half hours. That's what I try to do. Some some of those are shorter. I've never had a show more than two and a half hours long after it was edited. 
uh, even the pet peeves episode, which, yeah, th- those were long, but it would also it was also very spirited, which means the show even being two and a half hours long went quick. So, yeah, it did. Well, and I've learned over the last almost well, by the time this drops, we're literally knocking on the door to our second anniversary. So, yay for us! But I go back and look at like some of the recent episodes that we've done, and then some of the stuff we did like back in the beginning, like the first five episodes, we did like the crow and stand by me and Friday the 13th and Batman begins. And some, I mean, some of those episodes literally were like two and a half to three hours long before I edited, edited them down. Now it's just like, did you and Amanda can talk forever though. So, and the sad thing is, is Amanda was only on one of those episodes. I know. <laughs> so, mm, go figure. But even like my debut episode on the SIP list, no, the first two episodes I was on the SIP list, I think ran for, before she edited, were th- one was, I think, three, 40, three hours and 45 minutes, and the other one was just north of four hours. And it was and see, I wouldn't mind doing that. I just, I, I, I don't mind doing that. I just don't think I'd be able to make her cry for that long. So, <laughs> yeah, because that seems to be what you do very well. <laughs> I do. I don't know why. I'm not. I'm not a mean guy or anything. No, but uh, certain things that she has in the back of her mind, and we don't fault her for her opinions, but. Some things, like Elf being a good movie. Which is not. She seems to think 99% of the population agrees with. Well, Freddie, Casey, and Mr. DeAndre Robinson fall into that 1% that can't stand the movie. So, it is what it is. And we try and do our best to pride ourselves on not shaming people for their opinions on movies it doesn't always work that way but we do our best uh i'm not so. shaming her i'm shaming the movie itself there's oh yeah no it it, it is what it is. oh freaking harvey um yeah no i it's I have so many reasons why I'm not a fan of that movie, but it is what it is. And honestly, we're not here to discuss Elf tonight. Nope. We're here to discuss It'll be a short episode. A great. We're here to discuss a great movie, which obviously then would not be Elf because Elf is not a great movie. But we're going to be discussing the 1957. Yep. Courtroom drama. 12 angry men. So with that said, really quickly before we get into discussing it, uh, I got to scroll through my notes really quick to get back to, okay, 12 angry men released on April 10th, 1957. It was directed by Sidney Lumet. Mm-hmm. 
was released by United Artists and had a budget of $337,000. Why? So, um, had a budget of $337,000 and had a box office of $2 million. So, grand scheme of things, I mean, that doesn't necessarily seem like a lot, but you also have to consider 1957, $2 million was a lot of freaking money. Yep. I didn't necessarily do the inflation math like I normally do, but I mean, you could probably buy half the freaking country for $2 million back in 1957. So, And the, the thing is about that, too, is that the $2 million, uh, Henry Fonda, who, who stars in the movie, produced the yeah. movie. Like, that's all his. And after the movie went off, he deferred his uh, his his fee, his payment. So he never actually got paid yeah. for the movie itself. And it's like number, it's number five, as far as the good this movie is, it's number five on the, uh, and a lot of people don't like, like them, but in the, uh, what is it? IMDb, it's, it's their number five ranked movie of all time. Of like highest yeah, ranked movie. I actually, I actually saw, and I have it right here, the film was actually selected as the second best courtroom drama ever by the American Film Institute. And truth be told, the number one movie is probably kind of obvious to most people who love classic cinema, but it is 1962's To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay, yeah. No, and I, I, I agree with that. I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird is a great, great movie, and 12 Angry Men is a great, great movie, and we're fixing to get into that right now as to why it's so <laughs> great, but... um. <clears throat> okay, so for me to you, what is probably your number one favorite thing about this movie? I love. I have my own opinion, I, and we'll get into it. It's it. it's a movie. It's a the film is based on storyline. There's not a lot of. Uh, uh, like there's no explosions. There's no, there's, there's nothing to distract you from the actual story itself. It's all built on, on character development. And it proves flat out that you can have a damn good movie and without any distractions to it. Cause they couldn't hide behind distractions period. It's, it has no. the long, it has like the long at the time, the longest single shot in any movie up, to that point it's been beaten since but that's because the camp the uh camera tricks are a, a lot easier you don't have to actually record on film anymore you can do it do it like digitally but they had like a like a four and a half uh, no sorry more than that it was like a 11 minute single shot 
meaning there's no cutaways or nothing like that. It was a single shot going for going for the entire time. There are very I think there's like 60 60 cuts in this entire movie and a majority of them like half of them are in the, like the last 20 minutes. Yeah. So well and if you stop and break it down like where that falls percentage-wise this movie has a uh, just over an hour and a half running time. So an 11 yeah. minute continuous shot is literally like almost 10% of the movie. I think it's 93 minutes or something like that, which makes it, makes it yeah. uh, an hour and an, an hour and 33. What is it? Yeah. It, yeah. An hour and 33 minutes long. That's, well, that's right. unheard of nowadays. 96. Okay, yeah, 96 no, minutes. I mean, so it's... Either way. Well, and some people, it d- depends upon if you factor in the running time for the credits and all of that. But, I mean, it's yeah. what it is. But, um, no, it's like we were talking about before we hit the record button. The amount of quality storytelling that you get in this 96 minute movie and it's all done incredibly simplistically it's all character driven it's all the whole story takes place in six places throughout the entire there's six locate or six sets throughout the entire movie where nowadays you can do six sets and you're not even 15 minutes into the movie. Oh, not even that. And and the majority of those sets were, they were like background shots. There, there's only, there's three rooms that this entire movie is, is predominantly shot in. There's the actual jury yeah. room, which is 98% of it. There's a scene in the bathroom. And then there's a very short scene that gives a lot of the actual pre pre information in the courtroom. And it's only, that seems only like 45 seconds long. Yeah. So no. Yeah. So grand scheme of things, probably in ninety six minutes, ninety four minutes of the movie are all in the jury. The one room. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm not trying to crap on stuff that's done nowadays, but could you imagine if they tried to do like an Avengers movie? in one location, it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's, probably, yeah, that's based on action and stuff like that. So I, I can't think of another, I can't think of another character driven movie period that, and it's not just one character. Like uh, none, none of these characters have names. The only two names that are released during the movie are at the very end. There's uh, the old man is uh, McCardle. It's his last yeah. name, and That's jury number nine, who who uh, Henry Fonda plays, is is uh, last name Davis. That's the only two names that are actually said in the entire movie, and that's done. Uh, I think the last words of the movie is uh, uh, like "Have a good day" or "Goodbye" or something like that. Right before that is where those names are actually released, and yeah. but other than that, like. Not, 
There's no names given. A whole lot of you know, I'm a so and so, and I do this, and I have a wife and five kids, and all of that. I mean, it's name, name. Have a good day. Yeah. Well, a, a lot of that information is given in the movie, uh, and but not oh. all at once. You're 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 not you're you're introduced to twelve people all at the same time, but throughout throughout the movie, you, you learn why these people are voting the way that they're voting. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those well, things it, like, uh, oh, um, a lot of people's prejudices come, come from where they come. And the reason why they're, they're saying innocent or guilty is because of that. So, well, and personally, I can't speak for other people, but I have, actually sat on a jury before and sat through a fucking trial and had to go sit in a jury room and decide the fate of somebody. Thank God it was not a murder trial. Thank God. Yeah, no. Um, It was over a freaking theft, but yet at the same time, it's still when we first sat down at the table in the jury room and we did our initial vote like they do in the movie. It wasn't unanimous to convict. We had literally like half the jury said innocent, half the jury said guilty. And you kind of sort of get into the moment like they have throughout this entire movie where, okay, now you have to start sitting down and breaking things down and analyzing everything that was brought up in the trial and trying to convince one way or the other that they need to flip their vote and need to decide your opinion and all it it can be a lot being on a jury is not fun at all by any stretch of the imagination i don't i will and see that that's where all the that's where the drama comes in this movie is the simple fact that we if you have if you have a decision either a yes or no decision and you have people wanting to go like there, there's no compromise here uh i'm gonna tell people right now there's gonna be spoilers ahead this is a general spoiler warning if you've never seen this movie stop this stop listening right now press pause go watch this movie and then yes. come come back to this because I'm, I'm not gonna dance around uh, around things when i talk about this movie because this is this is one of my like top five films of all time period yeah they no, have all genres Truth be told, you can't talk about this movie. Obviously, we, we brought up the point that there is not a unanimous consensus at the beginning of the movie, obviously, mm-hmm. as to the um, defendant's guilt or innocence. But by the end of the movie, there is a verdict handed down. Yep. A verdict decided on. Well, you- and... And the thing with this, it's explained this one of that, that like 45 second thing I was talking about at the beginning of the movie. It's explained that you have to have it's either an all or nothing vote. Like uh, if if one person stands out in the end and says guilty or not guilty, but the other 11 say that he's on, or on the other side, but the one person won't change, then it's considered a hung jury no, no matter what, what goes on, period. Uh, yeah. So. They they can't just go like, hey, this is where we stand. 
and, and, and a majority, I don't know why my phone just went off. Um, and a majority of the stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, I completely forgot what I was going with that. That sucks. My, my phone just went off for some damn reason. Yeah, it screwed, just, screwed me up. Yeah. Vote 11 to convict and one not to convict and then go back to the judge and say, okay, it's 11 to one. So. Yeah. Guilty yeah. So the majority vote doesn't rule. Majority. You have to, you have to go this. Now this movie, how this movie starts is again, like I said before, spoilers, if you've gone, you've gone too far. Uh, how yeah. this movie starts okay. is that whatever there said is a, said, you're hearing it now. Yeah. There is 11 right. people in this courtroom and they do their entire jury vote. Uh, and it's, it's all out in the open. Uh, it's, it's a simple raise your hand or don't. If you believe this guy is guilty, raise your hand. Uh, 11 people raise. Um, kind of kind of pauses at the guy because if everybody raises their hands pretty much at the same time stopped at this guy who didn't raise his hand and then paused <laughs> and kept going on to the rest of them and counted them and then almost like you wanted to said, say okay now you're yeah well not not even that because you can you can abstain but if you abstain you yeah. you go with the vote period it was one way or the other you you you, you go go with the vote and then he went ahead and asked innocent and the person raised his hand. So automatically this guy is standing alone. Now you can tell from the beginning of the movie that, that this guy's a good guy because he's wearing a white suit in a black and white movie. So it's an automatic camera, uh, not camera trick, uh, 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 costume trick saying that, Hey, yeah. this guy's, this guy's good. He's on the light side and this guy's not good. He's on the dark side type type thing. And they're all being a black and white movie. They're all shades of gray in the mix and everything else. So, and the main bad guy, I guess there's no real bad guys in this movie, but uh, the main bad guy, I guess is wearing a darker suit. So there's automatic opposites going, going there. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, but without going on a long drive on that one. Well, um, I mean, there's no, I mean, it's a long, complicated process to get from point A to point B, from when they get to the jury room to when they come out with their official verdict at the end. Anyway, and I mean, really well layered with the fact that even they show you at the beginning of the movie when they're all walking into the court into the jury room one of the guys walks in and tries to turn the fan on in the jury room mm -hmm. and it doesn't and it doesn't work which leads you to, down the road that okay well it's obviously probably one of the hottest days of the year and they're all stuck in a small room together where, yeah, they get the windows open, but there's no fan, there's no air circulation. So they're going to be miserable and grumpy and contentious. And it adds to the dynamic in the jury room as a whole. But, um, 
Well, what, one I, of the cool things about it, this too is that they very, is that since well, very well layered. It, it is it is very well layered, and that entire light switch thing, uh, not light switch, but the 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 fan thing comes on later on in the movie too because they they realize that it was yeah. when when it goes to six to six vote or right before that, so the tides are turning, the 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 fan comes on because it, it was attached to the lights but they didn't need a light because it was in the, in the middle of the day. So they didn't turn, turn lights on when they turned the light on everything else. There was uh, this movie tuck, uh, tackles a lot of tough topics. Um, I personally think it's a movie about like, like racism, stuff like this. So as far as a movie, cause I was, <laughs> I was talking to Amanda about a future uh, uh, simplest episode about movies that stand the test of time. This is one of those movies that if they, if they produced it today, uh, they could, they could take 12 angry men and do it today and still have a damn good movie. They did it back in the, back in the nineties, but they got a little, little political with it. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of it, but then again, I'm a, I'm a fan of the 57 version. So I wouldn't, necessarily been a fan of the 90s version anyway that and jack lemon well, wasn't necessarily the best I'm, person to play the jury member so no um i'm not gonna lie I'm, I'm actually a huge henry fonda fan anyway and that stems back to when i was in high school i was in a community theater play and we did um mr roberts which was a henry fonda movie and after doing the play, I sat down and actually watched the movie. And it's like, wow, the guy is incredibly fucking talented. He may not necessarily be considered one of the top five greatest actors of all time, but I think I would wager a vote to say that I would consider him probably one of the top 15 greatest actors of all time. Just my own personal opinion. But, I mean, he's been in some great, great, amazingly great movies throughout his entire career. And this just happens to be one of them. And spoiler alert for when we do our reviews, this movie is going to get a freaking high rating for me because I love this movie. Oh, yeah. This is a damn good Even movie. The point, like, there's no... I haven't seen the remake, but... Don't. I kind of want to go see it, but at the same time, it's like. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Grumpy Old Men? Yes. Okay, I wouldn't watch 12 Angry Men after that. Uh, Because Jack Lemmon, who plays uh, not the Jowl dude, but the other one. Uh, is in he plays jury number nine, and I love him as an actor, but he he's no Fonda at all. Like you can't can't match that. I would love this love this remade today with like top named actors. I still want an all male cast though. Like uh, people people complain that this is like an all all male cast is like oh you couldn't have a girl in it whatsoever. Blah blah blah. You also have to consider that's when he, Juries were not 
women didn't sit on juries back then. Well, yeah, but the what also it, very, very, very sporadically. Back in the '90s movies, the movie too, though they they didn't have a girl on the jury. And I tell people the reason why that you don't want a girl on the jury for this movie. Uh, because guys, when they get in an argument, it gets heated. Yeah. So for story storyline's sake, for the drama's sake, you want an all male cast, even an all male cast or an all female cast. Okay. Well, here's a prime example, so that maybe the listeners can draw a good comparison. Imagine Freddie sitting down and having a heated debate with Amanda. Everybody knows Amanda and knows who she is and how opinionated she can be and how emotional she can be. Obviously I will attest to the fact that Freddie has, can have some very strong opinions as well and has been known to make Amanda cry on several occasions. Basis. So if the two of them were to sit down and actually have a legitimate heated discussion, it wouldn't necessarily go as well per se as if say Dre and Freddie were to sit down and have a heated discussion over something. Guys, I, I personally, I'm of the opinion guys and girls don't argue any topic the same. With, no. Uh, well, not- and guys, okay. I, I, especially nowadays, one of the issues we have is that a lot of guys will stand down when it comes to a, when it, when it comes arguing with, with, with a girl, because they don't want to be perceived as ganging up on her or uh, fighting with a woman. It's, it's, is hatred towards women, your, your blah, blah, blah type thing. So women are going to get the ad- advantage. And sometimes you just, just uh, like agree to shut them up. That's it. On the other, sa- other hand, you have two guys in a room and have like testosterone through the roof. They're yeah. going to get like, and there, there's a couple fights that, that they don't break out in this movie, but they're close. Like he, he calls, yeah. he, um, jury number nine calls calls this guy a sadist in this movie, and it really, really ticks him off. I would never call call a girl at all a sadist unless it's in a joking manner. He wasn't joking. No, he was baiting him. It was a total but bait job. But wrong either. No, but like I, I wouldn't call a woman a sadist. <laughs> In a, especially in in a movie where it can be clipped, like that's that's just a really really especially in today's world, it's a really dumb thing to do. Yeah, uh, I I pride myself on especially when we do the drafts on the I did not make these rankings podcast network that I've officially been nicknamed hashtag you motherfucker because <laughs> I know how to push Dre's buttons and pick the things that he wants to pick. And I'll swoop right in front of him and pick those things out from underneath him. Hence the nickname hashtag you motherfucker. Yeah. I'm so Dre. I'm on one of the ones coming up and Dre, Dre told me the topic. I'm not going to release it, but um, well, this, this isn't coming out until late January. It's not going to matter, but 
Dre, Dre released a topic to me of uh, rap one hit wonders. Is the one I'm so on. You're coming up. You're coming up in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, you're and welcome this, for the one hit wonders, by the way. Well, it was either that or um, uh, rap stars who who isn't like Dre, Eminem, Nas, and a whole bunch of other like the main ones. So. Yeah. Well. I think that was the idea because it's like everybody knows who the Mount Rushmore of rappers. Yeah. Basically. And the idea of taking those five people out of the draft options was just a way to keep it from getting incredibly heated because if we have like six people, obviously one person's not going to get one of those five. Because I would almost bet you those five will be number one, number two, number three, number four, and number five. Yeah. Well, I uh, there's a couple on here that I, I – at least one I know Harvey's going to want if, if he's on the show. So uh, – uh, I'm trying to think. If it's not this coming week, it's the week after, and I I don't remember. I think that's the week Harvey has his. Um, oh, that trip he's going on. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. That he's doing. Well, okay. Well, then this might be a little bit easier to do because we have. I don't know how many. I, I I I'm not trying to be racist on this one, but I think there's like one one black person on the show then. Because, unless Kendra's on there. Okay, Kendra. So. Okay, so there's that. So that at least takes out some of the competition. Because a lot of these things I don't really know, but I'm I'm going more for what I know people would vote for. Because I don't care if if you guys like yeah. it at all. I'm more concerned about the voters because I know what topic that I want in for the next draft. <laughs> so well, anyway, that, that's that's got that's in the, the back point. Of my- yeah, I got so, one that I gave tangent. to. I gave one that I, I got one that I gave to um, David because he's trying to do the same thing, which I mean, more the more the merrier because uh, what is it? Iron sharpens iron, of course. So I, I told him that because yeah. uh, he, he he asked me what I wanted to do because I, I couldn't do a Disney one. I was traveling and I told him that I wanted to do the um, if DC and Marvel ever fell under the same banner, who would your, would your like super group be? And that includes heroes and villains. So, and he's decided to run with that one. So. Damn it. I really like that idea for our show, but at the same time, it's like, we don't necessarily want to pirate ideas from other similar shows. Well, I've well, told Dre about that doing, one. This week, this week we're doing superhero movies, so we kind of sort of get that. So yeah. we're doing Disney movies and superhero movies. And Amanda's pissed off because she'll be in Phoenix and not on the episode. So oh, I've, I've, there's been so many... There's been so many I wanted to be on, like the TV dad one. Oh, that made me mad. 
I'm not going to lie. I came out in that one and I knew exactly what I was going to do. And it was literally fuck with Dre Knight. And that just happened to be the one that got me the right to pick one hit wonders. Yeah. And evidently, anyway, I we got to get, by one get back to the movie because I, I got a kid upstairs. Yes. So, yeah. So, um, no, this is a great, great movie. And the fact that it gets so in depth into um, the discussion and the heated argument and convincing each other, I'm right, no, I'm right, and the arguing back and forth. Ultimately, to come down to the final moment of, well, not the final moment of the movie, but <clears throat> last chance. If you haven't watched the movie, you need to go watch it before I make this next statement. Five, four, three, two, one. They find the defendant not guilty. You know, it can't be an easy well, thing to come up. Or it, can't, it can't be an easy decision to make. Well, it, it, I think it'd be a lot, a lot easier to make the not guilty, especially considering that if he was found guilty, it wasn't like life in prison; it was the chair. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it, like I, I would much, I, I'd much rather go benefit the doubt and say not guilty, and let somebody go free than having somebody sent to the chair under, under those circumstances. But. Well, uh, the main the, as a juror, you want to sitting there twenty years from now and have all this evidence come out, and then, oh shit! We yeah, like I sent somebody to the fucking show. yeah, I just killed a guy. Now you're but, stuck. In I mean, that. You but uh, as a juror, you're no better than the guy who supposedly did actually commit the murder, because you literally sentenced somebody else to be murdered. That's the hot button topic of the whole capital punishment argument. And I don't like to get political on the show, but you know, I also believe too, that if you're guilty and you did something like Bundy or Dahmer or somebody like that, fucking fast track your ass to the fucking chair. Yeah. It, it should you be like a, shouldn't Yeah. It shouldn't be as prevalent as it is, but it should be one of the, like, if if you admit that you were doing it, if you were caught on video that, that it was you like without any kind of thing that it wasn't you type thing. um, If there's exactly like multiple witnesses that like just in general type thing, because, because you can doctor it. If, If you admit to it, like there's, like you put in everything to it, knowing that this is what's going to happen. Um, then, yeah, I personally think it, it's okay, but because a whole bunch of evidence could be doctored to say, say that this is you, and it looks like it. Cause the entire deep fake thing goes deep. So, well, but I mean, again, here's no politics. Prime, here's a prime example for Shanna and Amanda, um, one of the most notorious serial killers in American history. Gary Ridgway, otherwise known as the Green River Killer, is sitting in a Washington State prison right now on serving however many consecutive life sentences because he admitted to 
killing all these people and said, I can give you the location of the bodies for X, Y, and Z, but I'm not going to do it unless I get life instead of the death penalty. And King County prosecutor oh, decided to, huh? So I'd much rather have the death penalty on that. It's like, dude, I'm gonna, yeah. sp- I don't want to spend the rest of my life in prison. It's like, well, tell you what, we're gonna put you, we're, we're, we're gonna go ahead and give you life in prison, but it's gonna be solitary the entire time. I'm not going back on, yeah. my word, you didn't get life, but it's gonna be solitary. And you're gonna wish you were freaking dead for the. That's the point. But it, it all boils down to the fact that there's people that argue that his body count is higher than even Bundy's. And yeah. Bundy got the chair. Ridgeway is sitting in jail now for however many years he's got left. And they won't do anything to him now because he worked a deal and admitted to, and obviously knowing the location of bodies he was correct in his admission but now because he made the deal he gets to sit in jail for the rest of his life whittling away and collecting taxpayer dollars which pisses me off but again it happens. I don't want to get too political and <coughs> but, what, no. one of the things one of the the, one of the things that this movie does, though, is like it gives you upon each each character, it gives you like a com- completely different different character point. There's a guy who votes b- with the basis that he has uh, baseball tickets in his pocket, so he wants to get this done as soon, done as soon as possible. There's a guy f- mm-hmm. guy from the slums that uh, was called a bleeding heart uh, at least twice in the movie. There's a there's a nerdy guy. There's like a, a rich guy. There's a um, there's like a foreign like a a, a a foreigner who isn't actually from the country but moved here and loves the fact that that you're notified by mail to come down here and decide the guilt and innocence of guilt or innocence of somebody that you, that you've never met. So he's highly appreciative of it. Other people are there and don't want to be there. Um, there's a really racist old guy in there uh one and the really funny part is that there's a it goes through different biases on the entire thing and it's not the the racist guy that is holding everything up it's the guy that that has a prejudice against against his own son and the guy in question that as far as being guilty or innocent killed his father or supposedly killed killed his father and these questions being raised in the entire movie it's set up in a way where you you ask these questions too like they this question this question is asked like the the woman that was was there that saw saw the killing happen through the last two of the train cars at night and apparently they proved that you could see it throughout throughout the windows uh she had those little dimples on her nose from wearing glasses. She did not wear glasses to the courtroom, but you could see that. And the entire break in that is that, is that uh, you don't wear glasses to bed. You wear glasses. I, I, uh, I wear glasses when I have to, like when I start get, getting yeah. massive freaking headaches, but I don't normally wear glasses. 
So the only reason you'd have those would be the fact that you're wearing glasses. And, but all these little tiny things put her, her, her eyesight into question, which is one of the major things. Uh, there was a cool thing about the entire knife and knife in the guy's pocket. That was pretty cool that he brought in, brought in another a similar knife from the guy's thing. Cause it said it was a very special knife and everything else. And, oh. uh, now the play the this movie came from a play, uh, yeah. it's been on Broadway and everything else. The reason I love this movie so much is that I, I am a thespian from uh, Troop 615 yeah, d- down here in uh, Tumble, Iowa. Uh, great teacher by the name of Natalie Saunders. It's Natalie Dahmer now, but she's, uh, she got married. She, um, she introduced me to this play because uh, it was the first one that I ever, I ever helped out on. It was, uh, it was sound. And that got me into theater. Theater got me into uh, learning how to speak better, uh, yeah. a little bit more proper and everything more clear, stuff like that. I've spoke multiple times about having a uh, slight speech impediment. It was a lot worse back then, and now it's a lot better because of theater. So realistically, this movie started a snowball for me to getting into podcasting. So if it wasn't for this movie, realistically, you and I would never have met. No, that, that's a very deep way of looking at it, too. I mean, and at the same time, it's a great fucking movie. It's a great it fucking play. So with that said, um, overall in the grand scheme of things, what is your total... Obviously, you've given us your grand picture of how you feel about the movie. Um, you want to go ahead and rank your movie or rank the movie out of five and give us your reason why? I, You know what? I, I've watched this movie about three times since we um, um, we got on this this discussion. And knowing what I know about it now and everything else about the play and what else went on, there's no, I can't, I can't give it less than a four and a half. Um, this might be, this actually might be the perfect movie. Like there, there's no, there's no dead, ironically enough, because you're talking about murder here. There's no dead spots in this movie at all. There, there's just not. You have a constant build during the movie. There, the camera tricks alone, where yeah. you have very few, very few edits, like very few, uh, uh, where the camera stops and goes on to the next, the next <laughs> cut during the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and then during the last part of the movie, there's there's close-ups and everything else. You see sweat coming off you guys' faces. There's so much drama involved with that. Uh, it's at the beginning, beginning of the movie, everything shot from like, like waist level type thing or no, sorry. It's, it's it shot. It's, I'll take it back. It's shot from above at the beginning of the movie. And then throughout the movie, the camera starts to get lower and closer and it gets a lot more intense to the very end of the movie. And 
The coolest thing about I like about this movie is the simple fact that back in the 50s and so on and so forth, there's no background music. So you can't have like the drama-filled background music to help with the drama. There's no background noise. You you hear the water no, fountain, no, you hear everything else. There's yeah, I mean, there's no plot holes in this movie. I mean the prime you can you could almost make the comparison that like one of the key elements to any great horror movie is the fact that you have that music in the background that is building yeah. and building and building ultimately to the to that jump scare that's coming that you know is coming but still makes you jump. You don't get any of that throughout this movie because no. literally the only music in the movie is at the beginning as you're coming into the courtroom and the credits are rolling. But then mm-hmm. as soon as you walk into the courtroom, it's silent. It literally like you, there's not even fade. There's no fade. It just dies. Yeah. And then you don't so hear anything again until the end. This all the credits. This movie has absolutely no crutches. Like they can't, they can't lean on anything on this because they didn't have the monetary budget to even mess with stuff. The reason why they had it all in one room. There's so many rules that are broken during this movie, as far as film goes. Like, don't introduce a lot of people at one time. Uh, don't focus on just a character work on it. You got to a whole and a whole bunch of other ones too. But I. This is no, even at the same time with 96 minutes and you literally have to meet 12 people and quickly understand each element of the character. So they can't just slowly introduce you to all these characters. They literally have to spoon feed character, 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 character. So we can get to the ultimate build towards that final moment. I would I, I really hate to do this. Like I really do because I don't, I can find flaws. You, you've, we've talked before about movies and, and on the bracket show and stuff like that about why it's like, you know what, this is, it's really, really good, but type thing. I don't have a button. This there's, there's no, there's no like eh, type thing. This is probably the most well-rounded, no plot holes, the only possible plot hole that I've noticed is the guy gets an, uh, jury number nine gets a knife and gets it snuck into the jury room. That wouldn't, that would happen back, back in the fifties. It would not happen would today. Not happen today. No, so, you're not but even that's, door at the courthouse with a knife today. It, it's, but the thing with that though, is that that's a plot hole for today's theory, not, 50s theory that's a completely different thing no there wasn't metal detectors and strip searches and all that no 50s there's people that had gun racks in the back of their truck like it wasn't it wasn't a big deal there there's no but what i'm saying though is that there's no plot holes in this movie there are no there's nothing to drag you down that you actually have to sit there and think about i've looked online for plot holes that i just may have missed because you gotta think there's gotta be something. No, there's not like doing my research for my notes for this. It's like I can't find a damn thing. This Anything. is this is probably the only movie that I, I can possibly think of 
that would that would actually deserve a five. Yeah. And I probably am going to go that same direction because of the fact that, like we said, there's absolutely no plot holes from in this movie from beginning to end. It's really well done. It's so simplistic. And many movies I could say are simplistic and find fault with that, but the simplicity of this story and of this movie is just another main character of this movie. Without that simplicity, I don't know if this movie is anywhere near as great as it really is. And I'm, I was trying to find a way in my head while you were talking to justify giving it four out of five or four four out of five or four and a half out of five because I'm not going to lie. If anybody's listened to the early episodes of the show, I was a five out of five four Mm -hmm. or some of the movies that we did because they're some of my all time favorite movies. But I mean, this movie is so freaking great. And some of these other movies that I've given fives to, you can go back and easily find plot holes left and right throughout all of them even one of my all-time favorite king movies is the green mile there's plot holes like a motherfucker throughout that yeah. whole entire movie it's a good movie but it's just, there's plot and holes not, and i'm not saying it's a bad movie or that the plot holes ruin the movie by any stretch of the imagination but i mean it is what it is it's still a great movie and it's still probably one of my top three favorite movies of all time but if you put it up side by side with 12 angry men i think 12 angry men stands the test of time right alongside Mm -hmm. of it so i have to go five out of five just for the pure fact that it's such a great movie it's got an incredible cast led by an amazing actor in henry fonda if anybody has not seen this movie and you didn't heed the warnings and you know now what the spoiler was at the end. I still recommend you go see this movie. It's a movie that, as we've said, stands the test of time. It holds up for the most part. You could do the same movie in 2023 as they did in 1957. And if you do it right, it could still be just as great of a movie. And if, if they ever do this movie again, I want it done shot for shot. I really do. Just like an updated my, color version of it. That's my one biggest gripe about remakes is I can see arguments for on both sides of the equation. Don't do a shot for shot. Bring something new to the table. But at the same time, this is one of those movies that don't bring something new to the table because no. it was so fucking perfectly done the first time. If you're going to do it, do it right and do it shot for shot. Do you know what I think one, what one show would be really cool for somebody to do on, on this entire uh, spectrum that, that you, uh, you guys have is a what? recast show. Like how, how would you recast 12, this movie? Like who would you have for like jury number nine, which is, which is actually Henry Fonda's character. 
Because Jack Lemmon back you in the 90s, it, it just didn't really do a good job on it. I am picking up what you're putting down. And I possibly in the next few months would like to see possibly yourself, myself, and maybe pick up a couple more people, two or three more people. And everybody re everybody watch the 1957 movie and get a good understanding of what the movie is all about and the characters and all of that. And then we come back together and do an episode where we recast the movie with who we think would help make the movie just as great today as it was 78 years ago. Well, not was it 78 years ago? I thought it was 60. I think it's 66 years ago. 60, a long freaking time. Yeah, 60, 66 year, years old as of as of uh, twenty three. The but no, I think it'd be kind of cool. Like I, having today's actors. Uh, and there's a lot of people out there that I think could possibly pull this off in a. I won't necessarily say a great way, but do a good job. And I've got a couple that are popping into the back of my head as we speak, and I don't necessarily want to throw them out there because I would really like to do this idea, and possibly it could be something that we do for a couple, not necessarily all the time, but like we're doing with the brackets, like a couple of times a year, pick out a really great movie and sit down and recast the movie. Well, and the thing with that, though, is that you'd, you would have to idea. have reasons why. You would. You'd have to have reasons why. Like, you just can't take, let's say, let's say The Rock, for instance. You just can't put him at, him as jury number nine because The Rock is a great actor. He is. But, yeah. like, I wouldn't put him in as jury number nine because he's not a very good serious actor. That's the problem is he's got all of his catchy one-liners. Yeah. That if you have been a fan of The Rock for almost 30 years, you're going to know, you know, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, Rudy Poo, Candy Ass, all the other shit that he coined while he was a wrestler. But then he's also got iconic movie lines and shit too that I mean it almost makes it kind of hard to consider him for a serious role because you're going to always have that thought in the back of your head about if he gets a look on his face it's like is he going to say it and then hope to God he doesn't say it because that would totally ruin the moment but so, no, uh, and I'm I'm, I'm going to challenge your I'm going I'm to challenge your fans out there. When this episode drops, uh, wherever you find it, like either on Facebook or Twitter, or so on and so forth, go down so, in the comments. Yeah, go down in the comments and answer this question. I want we'll, go go watch the movie if you haven't seen it, or if you have seen it, re rewatch yeah. it to get a feel for who. Who you would pick for jury number nine 
jury number three and jury number four. And if you really want to get frisky with it, you can go, go jury number eight too. Uh, jury number eight was the old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see, uh, uh, Oh shit. The guy that played, uh, played Hannibal. Uh, Anthony Hoskins. Yeah. Play him as the old man. That could be interesting. That that would be interesting. You, he could do it because there's a lot of lines in that movie that the old man has that they're not they're not funny, but they're they're coy. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking tell you anyway, type thing. It's just what it is. Uh, but the jury number nine is of course Henry Fonda. He's he's the main protagonist in this one. Uh, the two main yeah. main antagonists, with the exception of the the highly racist guy, which whoever has that role, I don't, I don't know who is going to have it. I would have, have you seen the movie, uh, uh, violent night yet? Not yet at all. Okay. Well, the guy that plays the main bad guy in that movie, I can't remember. I can't put a name to him, but him as like the racist guy would just be, be great. Cause he, he plays a dick really, really well. Um, yeah, but but you have jury number three, which is the main the main antagonist, and then you have jury number four, who is like his right hand man for the majority of the movies. Oh. Um, majority of the movie have those four or five characters recast. That is that's my challenge to you guys out there. Recast. Go watch the movie and recast those four characters. If you want to do the rest of them, do the rest of them too, because you're. you're kind of a contagious type thing that you you're going to want to do this and then come back and go uh go to comments we'll have a nice little talk about what's what's like well maybe we can go ahead and get a better person for that or you know what that person is fucking great for instance anthony hopkins is he's not perfect but it's pretty damn close i'm i'm probably missing somebody i would have loved to have like stan lee in there Ooh, that'd have been interesting too. That would have been really, really intriguing to have him in a non-Marvel movie. Yeah, just to. And you don't anyway. You don't even have to have a significant. Anyway, yeah. Do your homework assignment from Freddie and comment back some of your thoughts as to who you would like to see in those roles. And in the meanwhile, um, I would really like to revisit this idea of potentially down the road getting a bunch of us together and recasting the movie and see what everybody's thoughts are. And have a discussion about that again. Maybe get like you know what? Obviously, my partner. I've been I've been trying to do a something since the holiday episode. Holiday, but since the uh, since the memorial episode to get all shows involved, yeah. type thing, I think that would be a nice little run <laughs> for us to do. Like have have somebody from each show who wants to do it. If they don't want to do, it, they don't have to do it. But they'll give enough. It'd be a nice little baseline. I'll um, check that out on on the thing. So yeah, I will reach out and I will talk to 
the network about it. Um, obviously, you can reach out and do your. Well, the reason the reason I said that is that the the memorial chat is still there, so we have mm-hmm. one person from each each of our shows to do that. Yeah. So, in, including Kevin. So. Yeah. So there's that. Kevin. The yeah. Well, and I think Kevin would bring a different perspective to the whole. I don't think this is a movie that Kevin has seen, and I think probably not. Kevin would probably have an interesting take if he sat down and watched it mm-hmm. with an open mind. So yeah, I think we should post that to the memorial chat group and see who all might be interested in coming in and doing that. No, well, before so, that happens, that I, said, I've, I've got to take care of my kid. So, well, yes. So really quick before we wrap this up, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find bracket bastards. Uh, you can find Bracket Bastards on Spotify as always. Uh, good pod. We're on there as well. If every episode drops, we we're also live. Uh, it's usually around. It's it's either on Saturday or Sunday. It kind of depends on what what the group decides. But it's usually around the one o'clock central time to three o'clock central time on YouTube. Just go ahead and check out Bracket Bastards. The uh, little emblem is right here on my shirt. Of course, this is this is video, so it's not going to go out for you guys. But still, uh, it's not really hard to find. There's long shows, but uh, if you want to play along with us, just go ahead and write down in comments. We do read those on the air uh, if they're not too terribly risque or whatnot. We, we, we go ahead and go. And sometimes, believe it or not, we've had people who chimed in and changed our minds. So you're, if you have a good point to make – it doesn't happen very often, but it, it does happen. So if you have a good point to make, dude, <laughs> go on. We're doing uh, – I, I, I don't know what's going to come up after this airs, to be perfectly honest. I don't have my sheet on me, but there's, there's some damn, damn good topics coming up. I know – I do know in March we're doing, we're doing an 80s movies bracket. So there's that. There's, we, we have everything scheduled on that point. but. Do what? Harvey is gonna love that. Harvey is gonna love that one. Yeah, and it's that's an all bastard show too. So that's all 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 seven of the bastards are gonna be on that one. And they're all bastards in their own sense of the word. Yep. They're either a head bastard, they're original bastard, a awkward. Bastard. Harvey's the black bastard by his his own call. He's the black bastard. Uh, Harvandre. Uh, we have. We have the awkward bastard, the ba- the mouthy bastard. Q's the best bastard of them all. Um, the most beautiful bastard. We have a whole bunch of stuff on there. You can go ahead and call yourself a bastard too. It, as I tell people all the time, it is okay, even sometimes encouraged, to be a bastard. Just don't be a dick. So, as, Cheers. as my screen name would attest to, if I ever was awarded the opportunity to call myself a bastard, I would officially probably switch it around and just go with the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. 
Which, you know what? To be perfectly honest, and this goes for any any guest out there. I don't. I'm actually surprised that more people don't do this. You're welcome to come up. We're, we're not going to tell you no. It's like it's like you know what? Fine. If if you if if you're the head bastard and she's the awkward bastard or whatever, I'm the I'm the I'm this bastard. As long as the bastard name isn't taken by somebody on the show. Currently, well, you can't have seven awkward bastards or seven. Yeah, you, you can't like. Oh, I, I'm an awkward bastard too. I'm not going to call you an awkward, <laughs> awkward bastard. That's no, just no. what it is. I steal mine only because of the fact that I'm still gloating over the fact that um, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street is in the Elite Eight of our 100 or our 64 greatest movie franchises of all time. Yay! Spoiler alert. Well. This won't air until after the results from the Sweet 16 air anyway. So yep. on that. But so, yeah, um, hopefully, obviously, we know the results going forward. And probably after this, the only result left will be who won. But um, at this point, Final Destination is going head to head in the Elite Eight with Nightmare on Elm Street. So. Damn. I'm not hopeful for Freddy's survival into the final four. It's not a good series. It's not. There's a couple of good movies. I can make the same argument for Final Destination, though, too. No. Final, if you do it, the, the way I've been voting is like mathematical. All right. I've, I've made this comment yeah. multiple times. If you, if you only have a series of like five movies... But four of them are good. That's an 80% score. Okay? You have like 13 movies. And like four of them are good. That's like a 25% score. They may be really good movies. Which is one of the reasons reasons why Amanda is sweating her Elite Eight pick because she's got Halloween versus X-Men. Yeah, and that's the thing. No, okay, X-Men is different. Because I mean, it's not not different. It it's there's so many X Men movies, so there's like twenty some X Men movies if you want to include them all. Everything from Logan to to um, Dark Phoenix to the original X Men in two thousand stuff like that. But half of them are good. There's a couple yeah. bad ones in there, like just won't hold up. But but half of them are good. Halloween that has like thirteen fourteen movies now. I'm not. I've I've said before. I'm not a Halloween fan. Multiple times I've said this. I can attest. Like, j- if you want to go score for score, on like IMDb, for instance, which is a generalized thing where a lot of people vote, score for score. Yeah. If you average out the scores of the X Men series, movie by movie, versus the Halloween movies, Halloween doesn't have a chance. Nope. And realistically, I'm. I think Nightmare on Elm Street has a better shot against Final Destination than Halloween has against X Men. Yeah, and I also have seen the votes for each round, round by round, and I. The only reason I'm worried about Final Destination is the fact that I've seen, the fact that Final Destination beat The Godfather overwhelmingly. It overwhelmingly yeah, won. About that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It won overwhelmingly in the second round, and 
it's either going to continue overwhelmingly kicking everybody's ass until it finally fucking wins, or it's going to start to peter out at some point. And it's only got a couple matches to go. So exactly. Well, you have the elite eight this week. You have final Final Four. four next week. And then the week after the week after we crown the winner. So, yeah, so that's three matchups left. That's it. Yeah, it's not. And there's some great movies in left in the tournament. So I'm excited to see where it goes. So with that said, um, I'm going to let you get out of here and go spend some time with your daughter before she takes off. So again, I want to thank Freddie for being here with us and discussing this great movie. Um, As always, you're welcome to come back anytime you want. As always, um, thank you to the listeners for being here each and every week. The listeners are who we keep doing these episodes for because you guys are fucking amazing. And as always, we will get out of here on one last note, and that is we hope you guys have a good night, and we hope you guys come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good weekend, guys.